began to merge whatever collection of items you had from your previous life, right? Jonathan and I were planning the stages of getting married and we were moving to the the metropolitan area of Belleville, Georgia, and we were moving from Statesboro and we had separate apartments and kind of combining all that in the house in Belleville and and then we still had the stuff that our parents were asking us to come and get from our homes, right? We were college students, they were tired of it, it's got to go, you know? So we were in Richmond Hill one day going through his collections in his apartment, his house, his room, let me get it right, in his parents' house in Richmond Hill. And he was showing me his trophies that he was so proud of. And I was like, good, here's a trash can. And you know, we were, <laughs> I was real compassionate. And so we got to the point where he was showing me his baseball card collection. Because one day, we were going to make a billion dollars off these baseball cards that have been dinged and yellowed and not worth a dime. We might could have a nice fire one day. I don't know. But I mean, there's boxes upon boxes. And the pride in which he had in this that one day was going to be worth something, they're still sitting in my attic today. <laughs> but we have things that we hold dear. Things of ours, our possessions, something that might be of importance to us, that we, that we put priority in. Our, our cars, our house, our wardrobe. It could be other things, our vacations, our, our excitement. And I say that as I prepare my packing list for Disney yet again. It's awesome. But we hear in this scripture very clearly something that Jesus is telling us. And it starts out with a, a negative command, really. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures. And so these two words, store up and treasures, if you get down to the root, the actual language, their phrase, the inter part, both mean treasure. So do not, Jesus is literally saying, stop. He's saying, do not treasure for yourselves treasures. Do not put priority, do not put emphasis, do not treasure for yourself treasures. And this is not that he's saying we shouldn't invest in Wall Street, we shouldn't have a savings account. He's saying don't put money aside for tough times. That's not what is being said because even the Apostle Paul indicates that you can enjoy what God has given you. What Jesus prohibits here is the selfish accumulation of goods. Do you notice the phrase that's tacked on to that on earth? Jesus' concern about stockpiling on earth rather than stockpiling in heaven. He wants us to really think that if we worry more about our bank account here than our spiritual account with his relationship with him, then we're falling for this trap of treasuring our treasures. It's like the bumper sticker. It says you can't take it with you. And I believe Jesus would agree with that, but it's not spend everything you got and live like a pagan, but it's spend it forward. Give to others. Jesus commands us not to store up treasures on earth, 
because they're temporal, they're temporary. What's neat is the, the three things that he then uses in, these, in this scripture were moth, rust, and thieves. There wasn't bank accounts like we know it today. In fact, the way people would, would save for rainy days would be through, one way is, is through their wardrobe. They would have a, a great collection, a nice wardrobe of fine garments. And I believe some people may still be thinking this is a viable option today. My mother, good gracious, at the number of clothes in her multiple closets. One day it's gonna be worth, no, it's not, mom. No, it's not, let it go. But these clothes back then would be sold in the future. The only problem with these garments is they're very susceptible to moths and they didn't have mothballs or cedar-lined closets back then. And moths would eat away and destroy. The second way of accumulating wealth was the famine was ever-present reality in this part of the region. The undependable rains. If a man could store up grains until the famine came and prices soared, he would become wealthy, fabulously wealthy. And then our version, our scripture says, where rust consume. Rust, if you know of what rust does, it, it eats away. It'll eat away at the pain. It'll eat away at the integrity. It will destroy a frame of something. It eats away. And so this idea of rust is actually what Jesus might be referring to as rats and mice and roaches and bugs and termites. Eating away at someone's grain and the wealth is destroyed, obliterated, and made to just completely vanish. And the third way of, of just exchange of assets of gold People in Jesus' day would, would bury their treasure. But the homes were built out of baked clay. So a burglar would break in by digging in a hole in the wall. In fact, thieves in first century were called diggers because they would dig in and steal what was others and then carry it off. So do you get this idea that earthly treasures are perishable and they're vulnerable if you invest in, in the heavenly treasures of this world, is, it is in the heavy treasures, not heavenly treasures. If you invest in the treasures of this world, it's the equivalent to buying a company's stock the day after they've declared bankruptcy. This is not a good idea. But we invest in what God has called us to and to the pattern that he lays beside and before us. And so the next verse in our passage this morning is, it switches from this negative connotation of do not, but to what we are commanded to do. But do store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus commands us to seek this eternal reward, something greater than ourselves, and so the question is, how has your generosity blessed you and your life? How have you seen this play out? So I ask you this question because a lot of times we, we compare today and we don't think about the future. So say I were to give you $1,000 and I thought about really having this, but I don't have $1,000. So I thought about doing 10, but then I was like, nobody would really want $10. So just pretend with me, okay? Suppose I offer you $1,000 today 
And you could spend it however you want, but you have to spend it today. You think you could do it? Probably could, right? But then there's another side. Suppose now I give you a choice. You could have the $1,000 today or you could have 10 million, and I really don't have this, okay? You could have 10 million if you'll wait one year and then 10 million more every year thereafter. Only a fool would take the $1,000, right? Yeah, that's, whatever, that's what we do whenever we grab on to whatever lasts for only a moment. Forgoing something far more valuable that we could enjoy later for much longer. A year may seem like a long time to wait, but after it's done, when our lives here are done, it will seem like it passed so quickly as we stand before the throne of God, before the creator of all, and worship his holy name. There was a pretty neat study done a a few years ago. A group of world-class athletes were asked the following question. If you could take a drug that would cause you to win a gold medal, that you would be top, head of everybody, the elite, but it would kill you in 10 years, would you take it? You know what they said? They said yes. They said yeah. They would sacrifice 50 or more years of their life for the moment to be top to be elite, to have the gold medal. What would you give up to have treasure in heaven? Would you be thriftier with your budget? Maybe split a meal with your spouse because man, those meals are huge at restaurants, right? Would you think about ways to save at Christmas to bless others? Would you reevaluate each time money leaves your hand? There's hundreds of questions that we could ask about funding and finances. But I believe Jesus asked us to give. We've been entrusted with a treasure from Him. Everything we have, not just 10%, everything we own is God's, 100% of it. He's asking us to give back 10%. And that's where the last verse of this passage comes in. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, because I would kind of phrase it a different way, and Jesus is much smarter and compassionate than I. I would say, for where your heart is, there your treasure is also. But in our life, in our calling, and what God is seeking to us, when we give, our heart follows. And it may be difficult to think through our total amount and say, I can do 10% because our emotions, our mentality, our fear of the future says, no, I can only handle two six or seven percent. I I can't give the 10% because I need those for other moments. But God is calling us to put our treasure, what we've been entrusted back to God, 10% goes to God and our heart will follow. When you serve with such a faithfulness of giving the tithe, your heart 
will seek God every day. You will be in ministry and blessing because you want to be connected to what you're giving to. You want to be connected to the kingdom of God in this place. And so Pittman Park puts together our budget of ministry based off of these cards. And what's funny is they just seem like a piece of cardstock that we cut, and it, that's all it is. But the power behind each and every one of these. We don't take for granted that on each page is, is a family or an individual that has committed to serving God through their giving. Each and every one of you have the ability to to lay before God a week, a month, or a yearly amount that you can give for the kingdom work that's taking place here and outside these walls that we may never be a part of. Where's your treasure? Because at Pittman Park, it's each and every one of you, it's your heart. And it's your giving and serving that will make a difference. In the next few moments, Miss Tina's gonna lead us in just some, some beautiful music. And I'm gonna ask that you take a moment and fill out this commitment card. Some of you may have already turned them in the offering plates and that's okay. But the baskets on your row have another use. We ask that you take your commitment cards and just fold them in half and place them in the baskets as they go down the aisle and the ushers will collect those in a little bit and bring them forward and again, we'll place them up on the altar. But in this few moments, would you ask God what you've been entrusted with? Your time, your talents, your treasure, and he's asking for your tithe. Let us go into a time of prayer and commitment to God.